want you to stay right where you are. I want you guys to stay right where you are because you're going to help me preach for about 10 minutes. Will you give me 10 minutes? I knew today was going to be different. And I want to just say to you, you can stay standing, you can sit down for just a second. I want you guys to stay with me because I want you to stay on that one song. You're going to have to be a, a good black church choir. When I point at you, you're going to have to hit it because white churches can't do it. I've been in both. I tipped out of white religion a long time ago. I just didn't fit. I want to ask you, do you realize that God created you to do something significant? Do you realize that you were born to do something extraordinarily significant in the earth realm? But the body of Christ is drowning in shallow water. The body of Christ is drowning in irrelevance. The church doesn't relate. We try to relate. But the the majority of churches across America do not relate. See, you can't have a worship pastor in most churches in America that has earrings and tattoos because they're of the world. But I'll put ours up next to anybody. So I want to ask you, are you chasing empty? We spend so much time chasing things that are empty. You know, what does empty mean? It means you're not filled. Empty means a not occupied space. It means there's a lack of meaning. And that describes the body of Christ around the globe, especially in America. We're all chasing something. Proverbs 16.25 says, there is a way, I want you to look at those words, that seems right to people. But that way leads to death. How many will say to you, I'm okay, I feel like I'm okay. Seems right to you, doesn't it? Seems right to you to smoke that and drink that and sleep with that and, you know, hang out with that. Just, it's just for one night. We chase the empty of people's opinions. Proverbs 29, 20 says, Do you see a conceited man who speaks quickly, offering his opinions or answering without thinking? There is more hope for a thick-headed fool than for him. But yet we spend our days chasing the empty opinions of others. See, we lose our brightness every time we're more concerned about fitting in than standing out. We start leaking in our spiritual life every time we diminish God's opinion over somebody else's opinion. Then we chase the empty of worry. Matthew 6, 27 says, Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Do you know that your worry is irreverent? Well, When you worry, you fail to believe that God is in control. 
Your worry does not help one thing. It does not solve one problem. All it does is waste your constructive time that you could be using to solve that problem. Do you really believe that God is sovereign? Do you believe that even when bad things happen, he's still in control? You know, I found that some of your greatest anointing can be found in your toughest moment in life. When he starts pressing the oil of anointing in your life and you find yourself in a tight spot, that's when you sing. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. When you find yourself in a situation where you can't breathe, and life has been wrecked literally overnight, and your Judas just went to another level. See, we worry more about the doctor's reports than we do what this book says. Say, so are you anti-doctors? No, I have great doctor friends. But if you find a good spirit-filled doctor, they'll tell you, I don't have the answers. I just partner with a higher power. If you can find one of those doctors, you got a good combination. Because if you don't have one of those doctors, then they're just practicing on you. Oh, that prescription caused that. Let's try this one. And when you read the bottom line, your right leg may fall off, but you won't have a headache anymore. It's about that stupid sometimes. But we spend hours chasing a medical opinion... And zero time chasing what standing on his word looks like. But when you get that report that is devastating and life-changing, all you got to do is bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his home. Somebody needs to bless it to get your miracle right struggling with a habit or you're struggling with a life hurt there are people can tell you what happened to them when they were four and five years old if you're still dragging that with you it's a ball and chain in your life that no man can deliver you from they can talk to you they can be nice to you they can offer you options they can offer you positive thinking but they don't have the answer when you're facing a wall in your life, it's a simple formula. And you feel rejected 
and you've not been what you need for your kids. Maybe, sir, you're the one who had the affair. Maybe, ma'am, you're the one who had the affair. It may be your fault there's a divorce. It doesn't really matter to God, but when you wake up from your mess, it's a simple formula. All you got to do is bless the Lord. You, you say, soul, bless the Lord. Yes, yes. And all that is within me, my thought life, my spiritual life, my financial life, my health, my marriage, all that is within me, bless the Lord. All that's within my reach, bless the Lord. See, we, we chase the empty of possessions. This is going to hurt some of y'all. Mark 10, 21, 22 says, looking at him, Jesus felt a love, a high regard, compassion for him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all your property and give the money to the poor. That'll pinch you right there. And you will, and listen to what Jesus says, and you will have abundant treasure in heaven. See, this rich young guy had not read the scripture that says, if you'll follow me in my commands, I'll open the windows of heaven over your life. See, it's a puzzle. You need to put it together. Come and follow me, becoming my disciple, believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walk. But the man was saddened at Jesus' words, and he left grieving because he, owed much, he owned much property. Most of us owe much property. And had many possessions, which he treasured more than his relationship with God. You say, well, maybe that's not me. Let's find you in Matthew 25, 29 then. For to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God, and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away. See, we mishandle our money and we get ourselves in a little mess. Then we beg God to get us out. We choose to rob God and chase the empty. And then, then we want to say, oh, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, but I don't give you my money. I just worship you with a few things. I worship you on Sunday, but you don't get nothing out of me on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Probably not even Saturday. But I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. My granny loved you. I hope I can get into heaven on granny's faith. Well, you can't, baby. This is a selfie with God. See, we chase the empty with out-of-order relationships. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. But they say they are a Christian. Let me just set you free. There are some jacked-up so-called believers. 
They do not believe the Bible. They don't live the Bible. They don't have integrity. They don't tell the truth. They mishandle their home. They mishandle their churches. They mishandle their ministries. They mishandle their jobs. They can call themselves a believer, but they're not believers. Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Well, they go to church. Well, baby, the devil goes to church. If you know him real well, you know he, he manifests as an angel of light. If you don't have no discernment, you'll say, "What? Well, that's a good person. No, they're not. You need to check your red flags. If you don't ever have any red flags, you need to fall on the altar now and pray for some discernment. See, we chase out-of-order relationships because we crave relationship. We were built for relationship. But we continue to link up with people whose lives are out of order. We choose to disobey the warnings and then beg God for help. Then we chase the empty of religion. Colossians 2.8 says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. The spirit of religion enslaves entire nations. Denominations are currently splitting over the fact that I'm preaching this morning. Be careful who you align with. See, I was raised in the wrong house. I was raised by a powerful warrior, a powerful pastor, and I watched him set my mother in ministry. It was a rowdy day the day he did it. In our home, he had been asking her to speak on Mother's Day for several weeks, and she had told him, Kanisha, I appreciate the invite, but I'm a teacher. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy teacher training. I play the organ. I'm in the music ministry. I'm good. Leave me alone. She warned him. But he was one of those rambunctious warriors, and he knew that lady had a call of God on her life. So about six weeks prior to Mother's Day, Dad took the pulpit he announced that my wife will be speaking on Mother's Day. It was a long ride home that day. And three girls in the back seat sat pretty quiet because Olita had a mouthful to tell him. I'm going to speak this one time, she said, not to embarrass you in front of your church. But don't you ever get up and announce that I'm speaking again. Do you hear me? I mean, he could have walked under the garage door about three inches high it was that she had shaved him down but you know what she spoke that mother's day and since that day she has spoken to thousands around the globe but there was a man who saw a gift in her and set her forth in ministry he ordained her for the ministry so that's the house I was born in then I met this man Steve Ball whose ego is one of the healthiest I've ever met. He's okay with me walking side by side with him. And I honor you, sir. I respect you. I submit to you. And I honor you. 
to show you what kind of man he really is, he told Dr. Shirley Arnold, won't you come join us? Because this little triangle ain't supposed to be working. We need to stop chasing the empty. And here's where I wanted to get to. We need to chase the empty tomb and the resurrection life. And when you chase the empty tomb and the resurrection life, every morning of your life, you start with, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. John 20, verse 1, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark. Mary Magdalene, a woman who would have thunk it, came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So let me get this story straight about women in ministry. Mary carried the Savior to the Word. She carried the Word of God to the world. So here's the Word in living flesh. Then Mary Magdalene carried his resurrection message. If you don't believe anything I'm saying, sign up for the School of Roar and go to Dr. Shirley's class on women in ministry. <clears throat> John 10.10 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. What if... Your greatest opportunity is camouflaged under your current challenge. What if the greatest outpouring of blessing and favor is concealed in the greatest shaking of your life? What if we put more faith in the Word of God than what somebody else says? what our physician says, what our mama said, what our granny said, what doubt tells us. What if we just put our faith in the Word of God? See, I came to bring you good news. Your mistakes don't define you. I found a little nugget of Scripture. I found an insurance policy for all of us. Who, who makes mistakes? It's pretty much unanimous. There's a couple of holy people here who's never made one. Psalm 37, 24 says, If we stumble, we will not fall because the Lord reaches out to steady us. That's why he said, Be ye perfect as I am perfect. Because when you go to stumble, he'll say, I got you. You didn't skin your knee. You didn't bust your life another time. Because you have learned to sing. Bless the Lord. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds. There's that all that is within me. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. See, what we don't want to do is climb the ladder of our life and realize too late it's up against the wrong building. There are many in the body of Christ who have their ladder on the wrong building. And they won't realize until it's too late. Some life ladders look like death and destruction. Some don't. They look okay because there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. I want Lisa, I'm gonna put you on the spot, Lisa. She gave me this before church started. I want you just to come read the words you wrote over this house 18 years ago. I don't know what was going on 18 years ago, but this is the word that God put in my spirit. And he told me this morning while I was singing, he said, the reason I did that is because I knew where you would be 18 years from then. Wow. Wow. It's not anything about me other than I'm here. Times and seasons of abundance of rain. New faces, new places. Strategic encounters in heavenly places. Release in the spirit of gifts that are waiting to bring the ripening harvest forth. New revelation from old wells that had dried up when someone quit going to draw from their source. Rain that is filling the caverns and ditches, washing out old ways and methods of worship. Freedom from years of destructive abuses that never could bring forth the promises hoped for. Lives that are moving in single direction, causing others to see clearly the way they should go. Waves that are crashing with forces upon city, tearing away at the wall of religion. Wow. Raising of mothers whose wombs set bearing, waiting for children yet to be born. Divine encounters with the one who is faithful, bringing out into the light those things that were hidden. Chains that have broken, laying in pieces beside them, no longer binding those who were weak. Fathers who've come home to stand in their places, filling the gap left by their loss. Wandering children in faraway places, seeing the light, now find their way home. Dark forces are mounting attacks on the children, but they are no match for the warriors of light. So songs of deliverance the children are singing having their hearts made glad with peace. Praise to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit for bringing their goodness into the land. That was written on July the 28th, 2005. And here we are 18 years later. I want you to stand with me. And I want to just take a few moments of consecration before we move on in this service. We spend a lot of time chasing empty things that are not necessarily evil, 
They're just empty. At the end of the day, will it matter? At the end of the day, does it really carry any weight in your life? You know, sometimes a mom will stand and chase washing dishes instead of spending time with her child. The dishes need to be washed. Your house doesn't need to cave in around you, but you have them for a moment. You know, in our marriages, we, we chase empty. You know, we chase what we think it should look like, like the movies. The movies are just the movies. Just the movies. Most of what you see is not real life. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't even work in real life. But we, we chase empty things and we spend time on empty things rather than spending time in his presence. And he just wanted me to tell you today that he's, he's missed you. He's missed his moments with you. He loves you enough to stop your world right now and ask you to stop chasing the empty and spend some time with me, he says. Because everything you need is in that throne room we just sang about. That the veil was torn and the door flings wide. Have you ever seen the glory inside his throne room? So I just want to say to you, there are some things that we chase that are not necessarily evil. But they have no meaning as far as your eternal life. They, they're empty. They hold nothing regarding your eternal life. So today, we need to chase an empty tomb and what it represents. Amen. He walked away. He got up from what had killed him. He got up from what had bound him. You know, he left his grave clothes in there as a sign that I'm coming back. In Jewish culture, anytime a guest leaves a napkin in another location, it means I'm coming back to your house. So he left that. So our promise of his return is sealed. But he, when he left that tomb of his own power, See, he laid his life down and he went through it so you would not be lost in the empty. And when, when Mary Magdalene went to that tomb and, and she saw the stone rolled away, she was alarmed because the one that she loved wasn't there. But he loved her so much and you so much that when he left that empty tomb he went to the heart of the earth and he went to your enemy and I don't believe it was a struggle see my mother was the kind she didn't struggle she might have counted to, one, to three but she didn't get to about one and a half you know she wasn't one of those that got three and a quarter and almost four that's not the way Jesus is either I believe when he went to face your enemy. The Bible says he took the keys of death, your death, your hell, and your grave. 
And see, when you learn to chase the empty tomb and the resurrection life, then everything about you is the opposite of empty. Come on. Everything about you has meaning. Everything about you has substance and you carry weight in the spirit realm. The body of Christ is drowning in shallow water. You know, my grandson asked me the other day, something about somebody, you drowning in three inches of water. And as I was telling him, that's probably not possible. The Holy Spirit said, that's where the body of Christ is. They're just drowning in shallow water. We go to churches that say things that please us. We listen to music that makes us feel good. We don't listen to convicting things. We listen to things that just make us feel like we're a better person. And if we're a little more positive in life, then life is better. If you're positive, life is better. But there is a standard. There is a standard. There is a standard. And we must follow the standard. I heard a warrior in this house this past Tuesday night. Dr. Shirley stood in our lobby and she said, the word of God works. Follow the directions. You want a better business? Follow the directions. You want more love in your marriage? Follow the directions. You want to be a better parent? Follow the directions. He said, be my disciple. Come and follow me. Leave all your stuff behind. I believe if that rich guy that had gone to him had given everything he had. See, I just remember a guy named Job that said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And he came out of that hell with double. Double money, double kids, double blessings. None of us have had to go through what Job had to go through. Who would sign up for that? Job didn't sign up for it. But see, we chase the empty instead of chasing what's in this book. And what's in this book is the only thing that will save you. It's the only thing that will save your marriage. It's the only thing that will save your mind. You wonder why our, our society is so anxiety-driven? Because we are not, in, we're chasing the empty. Come on. We chase it with pills. We chase it with alcohol. We chase it with relationships. So you think if your marriage is not working, go sleep with somebody else. You will die in the empty. I, I, we go into restaurants, and there's usually a bar in the restaurant. And I get amazed at women who belly up to the bar. I'm like, you know, you look stupid. You put on a cute little dress, and you order you a cute little drink, hoping some dumb man who's going to come buy you a drink. And you ain't vetted him at all, but you'll go home and sleep with him. Then you wonder, why is my life so empty? Because you're chasing the empty. Live by yourself until God brings you your person. I'd rather die by myself holy than jacked up with the wrong jackass. And yeah, I just said that. Sorry. Ava just passed out on her Parker's shoulder right there. You can't say that, Ava. Your daddy will get on to you. It's for good for preaching. It's not good for living. Unless you meet one. Now, you cannot marry one. 
If you date one, I'm going to look it in your face and say, we don't date that. We date thoroughbreds. Don't go to the donkey farm and find you something to sleep with. Stay out the farm. Don't, buy, don't date a goat. Don't sleep with pigs. You need a thoroughbred champion. You need a woman of God who knows what his word says. Who won't sell herself short just because you have a physical need. Somebody shout, there is a standard. I'm done with chasing the empty. And I have decided to bless the Lord. Raise both of your hands and bless it. And that is Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. One more time. Pray over this congregation, those who are watching online. May we take that all that is within me serious. Father, forgive us for chasing empty things. For chasing things that you have never ordained us to chase. You have never called us to chase something that has no meaning. That contains nothing. So we repent for chasing empty. God help us to chase the empty tomb and the resurrection life. For you, our Lord and Savior, took stripes on your back. Went through abuse that we cannot even begin to describe. None of us have ever been in such anguish that we literally sweated drops of blood, but you did. And you had a moment in that garden. You know, God, I thank you for that moment. That you saw us and you said, I'm going to go a little further. I'm going to gain the strength that my heavenly father has given me. And I'm going to go a little further in my assignment. Because you went a little further. And you went all the way to the cross for us. You died with a package of benefits for us that are really crazy and insane. You tell us we are the healed of the Lord. We are the, we're blessed. We're the head and not the tail. That we have an anointing inside of us to speak your name and demons tremble. God help us to walk worthy of your calling and to realize that chasing empty will end in death it may take it a minute to get to us but don't let us put the life ladder that we are climbing up against the wrong building or up against the wrong relationship or up against the wrong job or up against the wrong person or up against the wrong theology We consecrate this moment, Father. 
in the spirit realm. We mark this moment and we embrace this moment that today we stop chasing empty. And we start chasing the empty tomb that represents victory over death and victory over bondage and victory over defeat and victory over anxiety and every kind of bondage that could come into our life. You are the victory. That's what your empty tomb represents. So may we, like Mary Magdalene, run back from that tomb and say, I don't know what's happened, but something has happened. Something has happened inside of me. And now the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, lives inside of me. We bless you, Father. Can you just lift your hands in reverence to Him right now? Just open your mouth and bless Him.